Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there'll be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What's up? Thank you for joining me today on the Fitness Podcaster Show. I'm Luis Diaz, your host, and this is the show for coaches, trainers, and people in the fitness and health industry who want to start their own podcast or add some muscle to their existing podcast. I'm really excited to have you here with me today, and if you haven't already checked out the fpdc.com, be sure to check that site out. Um, on the homepage, there will be some podcast goodies and tools to help you grow your show and come out with a better show week after week. So without further ado, let's dive into today's show. What is going on? Welcome back to the podcast domination show. On this episode with me, I have YouTube expert, Mr. Mike Pyatt. If you don't know who Mike Pyatt is, don't worry. He's the name or the guy behind a lot of big name people who are crushing it on YouTube right now. And on this episode, he shares with us some of the things that are working right now as of 2018, late 2018 on YouTube, the four step strategy that he used in his content specifically in his in his videos this is this is basically how he positioned and how he went about creating his videos it's a four step framework that really really allowed him to grow his youtube channel or one of his youtube channels early on and he also shares with us some of the best tools for keyword research and also there's a video in the show notes that uh, of actually mike sharing with you exactly how to use that tool so a really great episode a really really interesting episode because i think a lot of the stuff you can get mike's going to talk about you can also use in in podcasting and don't worry i actually you know really try to summarize those strategies along here in the episode when he says something that i like that i think can be applied to podcasting i pull it out and i also summarize it and try to make it more applicable to you so don't worry you're going to learn some stuff that you can apply to your podcast and also of course your youtube channel and if you're not on youtube right now i think it's 
and you have a podcast, I think it's a smart move to start to move some of that content over and get into a bigger pond. YouTube's a bigger place. There's more people, more eyeballs there. And not everybody knows about podcasts. So you're one of the few. So without further ado, enjoy this episode, this interview with Mike Pyatt. Show him some love. It's in the show notes and everything else you need to contact Mike is there as well. And I will catch you later. Peace out. Welcome to the Podcast Domination Show, the podcast that is hyper-focused on delivering quick and impactful tips to help you grow your podcast audience, drive traffic to your website, build some authority, and expand your opportunities as a podcaster. I'm Luis Diaz, your host, and I'm also the founder of Podcast Domination. And if you want to take advantage of all of the cool stuff we're going to talk about today in this episode then I urge you to check out podcastdomination.co where you can find all the tools, tips, and everything else you need to grow your podcast from there. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's show. All right, what's going on, my friend? Welcome back to the Podcast Domination Show and Today on the call, it's going to be a little bit different. We're not exactly going to talk about podcasting, but we're going to talk about video and more specifically YouTube. And I brought probably a guy, I'm probably sure most people listening to this do not know who he is, but he is behind some of the biggest names in the fitness industry. I mean, he's helped them grow their channels, their YouTube channel, and he's a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, on this show, I like to bring secret weapons. I don't like to bring, I like to bring the big names too, but the secret weapon guys, the guys behind the scenes are the ones I really like to get on the show. So, Mike, thank you for coming on the show today, man. How you doing? Of course. I'm doing great. What about you? I'm, I'm doing good. It's it's October, end of October here as we're recording this in, in, I'm in Florida, and it's still pretty hot. So, I'm waiting for it to get cold. <laughs> man, yeah, I'm tell you that. It's already cold, but it's always <laughs> a good time to share value. So, I'm, I'm super excited, and thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah. W- w- just out of curiosity, what's the temperature up there? Um, it's about 40 degrees right now. Okay. Yeah. That's double that here. So I guess I can't complain because I know when it gets that cold, <laughs> I, I kind of, uh, yeah, definitely have a different thought on this, but anyways, I want to jump right into kind of, I guess I want to share with the audience kind of how you got started, Mike, you know, if you don't mind sharing that and who you're working with or who you've been working with and, you know, give some people just kind of the background of, of you. Cause I know you, your story a bit, but I want to, uh, definitely hear it from kind of full circle. Okay. Yeah. I started about seven years ago. I was a radiographer at the time. So someone that takes x-rays of broken bones, like at a hospital. And then I heard like, I got into like Tony Robbins and then he did an interview with like Jeff Walker talking about information products. And I'm like, wow, this sounds way better. It can make more money, a lot more. I can you know travel, et cetera, do all this stuff. Um, so I wrote a book about how to become a radiographer and then, you know, I put that up online. And then, of course, you know, I thought I was going to make a million dollars, be sitting on the beach, you know, the next week. And of course, then like no one came, you know, to the website to actually buy the book. So I learned I had to like sell the book and then actually get traffic to it. So that's when I started experimenting and learning how to get traffic. And one of them was, yeah, YouTube was my biggest success. And that video is still like generating sales to this day. And that mm. was like seven years ago. And then I did a, and that, and that market wasn't that big. So then I moved markets to my next business was how to write a book because I struggled how to write a book. So I taught that. 
but I seemed to be more attracting like people that wanted to write their like their novel with their story and characters. And I wanted to teach more like informational books. Um, yeah. So I sold the first radiography business for a thousand dollars. That went to the next one, the, the, the how to write a book business. And then I sold that for five thousand dollars. And then, so then I just had like all this information about how to like do digital marketing from trying to scale these businesses. And then I was at a Toastmasters event meeting and I was like just sharing that I'm passionate about internet marketing, what I've done. And there happened to be a business owner there and said, hey, can you do this stuff for my business? And so I started advertising for her business and where I had success was um, in Google Organic, ranking organically for her uh, target keywords to get customers she got about like $60,000 extra per month from SEO. Then I started an SEO business, so search engine optimization for other clients, and then started doing some other type of advertising for clients like Vince Delmani, yeah, in the fitness industry, hit, helping him grow his channel for about over four years now, plus with YouTube ads. And then I got all these clients, and then I got super overwhelmed for all this business. So I had to learn about like systematizing it and building a staff and stuff. So I actually yep. wrote a book about how to write, uh, how to create systems. So then I sold that. And then now I just wrote a book about how to use YouTube ads because I got clients from YouTube ads. So if I look at where all my sales came from for YouTube for my SEO client business, it's actually like 50% from organic and then mm-hmm. 50% from YouTube ads. So we can talk about both because they do both have a lot of overlap, but that's basically the short version of my story of kind of how I'm here now, so to speak. Sweet. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, I didn't know the whole radiology or radiologist, correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Pretty um, much. Yeah. Story. <laughs> yep. I, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I knew um, nothing about business, nothing about marketing, nothing about personal <laughs> development, any of that stuff. That is, that's why I always ask that question because like, you can assume all day that you know this person or, but there's always like, a, I'm so glad I asked that question now. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but awesome. So let's, let's dive in. Before the, we got in the call, we we talked about we were trying to figure out what should we do. Talk more about paid, talk more about organic. But like you said, they kind of you, you got to use both strategies, right? So I really want to make this actionable for the person who maybe is looking to start a channel or they have a channel that's kind of stagnant, it's not growing, you know, and they're inconsistent with their posting because they're not really really sold on the platform. You know, where would you take that person? Yeah, you know, you've got a whole you've got a business around this. So if someone was to sign up as a client with you, kind of. Walk me through the first steps towards getting that thing growing and getting that audience to actually find that person and, and get them in front of them. Okay, yeah. And as mentioned, yeah, a lot of overlap between the two. But yeah, right. with, with paid ads, basically, I mean, obviously the main benefit is you can show up instantly in front of like almost any video that you want or any type of person, um, literally, and even in the fitness market, it's like five cents per view, which is really good. And then, yeah, you can send them off YouTube to your funnel whether it's a free offer then to sell something or sell something right away. So you can literally start instantly, you know, all you got to do is literally with your camera, you know, film a video, you know, and do your basic stuff of your intro. You grab their attention, you call them out, you handle some objections. And then like the middle, you know, you give your proof, you know, what you're offering, et cetera. And then ending call to action, click the link, you know, that basic verbiage. And then, you know, an inspiring ending, and then you, yeah, you can literally start right away. And then there's like tons of different ways to like target. And then of course, having your funnel. So if it was like a new client, I would first look at, you know, all the pieces. So I'd first look at the funnel, like what's our process going to be? You know, what's the landing page? Is it influential enough? What's your offer? You know, and then it may have upsells because you want to have like a, a higher average order value. That way you can spend more to acquire the customer. 
and then the yeah. ad, then you would create the ad. And then, you know, it is those simple, basic things, but like you're layering, you're layering in also like a lot of like influence factors, you know, like social proof, authority, reciprocity, liking, scarcity, et cetera. And then of course, like in a really genuine, you know, authentic way and engaging way as well to keep their attention. So you can at least communicate these points. And then to the targeting, you can do like similar to list. You can literally pick every single video hand selected that you want to advertise on. You can do in-stream ads. So showing up right before the video or search ads. So showing up on the search results or side ads showing up on the kind of near the related videos as well. Gotcha. And and for you, from what you're seeing, because you're in this business every day, all day, pretty much. I mean, what are you finding? What's working right now with your with your current clients? Like, in terms of those ads specifically, like where you find the most uh, success? So right now, in stream seems to be doing the best, just because a lot of people do view those ads, so there's more inventory versus people mm-hmm. clicking search or side ads. And then what works really well is like hand selecting those videos that you want to, that you want to put it on that are a good match based on like keywords or based on the person or just that your prospective customer would be watching. But then that also has like a limited because there's only so many of those videos and only so many people watching per day. So then you can do just like Facebook ads, you can do those lookalike or an AdWords or now it's called Google ads. It's called similar to audiences where you can upload, you know, the, the emails and then Google ads will find all the similarities and then advertise your ad to those type of people with those same traits, regardless of what video that they're actually on. So that's, that's working really well. That's okay. So in the in in stream ads are where it's at. It's similar to podcasting in a sense because that's actually funny. You bring that up. So in like the mid roll was what they call like having an, an ad in there is probably the best place to have your ads. Next would be intro and then outro. No one really does. No one really pays attention to. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But it's interesting that you said the in stream ones really work. Um, now, what makes a good a good in-stream video like you're saying the obviously the the seo like the keywords having a match also having just like the right fit for your audience correct when you're looking at selecting a in-stream video what would be something that you would generally look for you mean like the video ad itself that you'd be using to promote your product yeah and we can we can take an example of a client we can take i'm I'm assuming most people have a have a podcast or listening to this okay. or looking to grow their podcast. So let's just say if someone had their, had their podcast video or full like interview on YouTube, what would be some things you would use or some things you would look for in an in-stream ad if you were trying to use that for paid ads? Yeah. So where I always start with is like, what's the end outcome that that person watches? And then I tie that all throughout my ad and that's kind of layered in throughout it. So whatever your podcast, you know, is helping them do, I'd speak to that. So I wouldn't speak to the exactly it's a podcast or what format or what the offer is speak to like that specific outcome they want. So if it's like on healing, like back pain, you would say you'd call them out and like, do you have back pain and then handle objections? Have you tried everything stretching, you know, going to a chiropractor, doing this, doing that, that didn't work out well. And then like relate to them. I had that same problem. I had so much back pain. And then like you amplify because, you know, everyone does everything to get that pleasure of the outcome and to avoid the pain, the painful outcomes they don't want. So you would relate to that. You know, I had a back pain. It was affecting. I couldn't even work. My relationship suffered. I couldn't do this. But then once I figured out this, you know, method and system I used to heal my back pain, you know, I, I felt so much better. I could work longer. I had better relationships, et cetera. Yeah. Then you can start tying it back to like your offer. That makes sense. Okay. So start with the outcome. Yeah. Always in marketing. Yeah. Right. Keep that in mind. Yep. 
So starting with the outcome, obviously, is what they're watching the video for in the first place. Yes, exactly. Um, and then you got to think, well, they're on, they may be on like a video already that says three steps to heal your back pain or whatever. So you're not necessarily even then motivating them to solve that problem. <clears throat> you're then motivating them. Why is your video better? You could be like, no, this mm -hmm. is going to try to tell you these certain things, but you know, here's why mine's different, you know, because I've tested everything and no one was talking about this one certain thing that really matters in this certain way, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like why is yours unique, different, you know, in marketing terms, they call that the USP unique selling proposition. Why is yours unique, better than all these other videos that, you know, all this other content that say they have the solution seemingly for free, you know? Yeah. Now, when you started out on YouTube, you mentioned that was probably your best, your most successful platform. Mm -hmm. What were some things you were doing right that, uh, obviously that was a few years ago and the algorithms changed and there's a lot more competition now, but are there any things you think someone starting out um, can model from you what you did uh, to make sure they, they're, when they're starting their channel or when they're starting to maybe get onto YouTube that they're going to you know, have better chances of being successful? Yeah, I would say just thinking back to that video, I used a really simple format that I learned from Evan Pagan, which he learned from David Cole, which he talks about these like four learning styles or four communication styles, which are why, mm -hmm. what, how, and what if, which then, so the why learner wants to know why, like what's the point, why is it like this? And then the what learner wants the facts, the knowledge, the graphs, the stories, and then the how person says, that's all great, but just tell me the how, what are the steps? And then the what if person is kind of more experiential and needs to like know more about experiences, what's going to go on and then test it out for themselves. So I kind of just stick to that format. Like, why do you want to watch this video? And then what's kind of like the principles, some research, some stats, some stories, and then how, what are the exact steps to use it? And then what if, you know, if you use it, what's going to happen and in your reality, et cetera. So I think adding that type of framework to really communicate to all these different styles really helped and just to add value and, and get things going. Got it. Okay. So what I'm hearing you saying is in those kind of videos, you are just going through and answering those questions. Why, what, how, what if, yep. uh, is there any specific, or do you go in that specific format or, or sequence? Yeah, you do actually do go into that specific format. And then like you just drill down, like why specifically use this? What are the pleasurable outcomes you're going to get and why use this to avoid the negative things you don't want, you know? And then for the what, yeah, like what specific like research or stats or stories or quotes or anything like that, that's more like informational. And then, yeah, the how, the steps, the process, and then the what if more experiential and other like added points and stuff. So the what if is more of like storytelling almost? It could be. Or that's future. always the hardest one. I mean, if sometimes if I want to even simplify it further, I'll just do why, what, how. Uh, the what if mm -hmm. is, yeah, more like they almost have to experience it themselves and kind of play with it. So if you can kind of give some more like information of what they'll experience and things like that, that will help that person the most. Okay. Cause I, I feel like it's almost like future pacing in a sense. Like, what if I told you this? What if I told you you could yeah. double yeah, your Yeah, thinking or... about it like that term. Yep. Like at least I'm imagining it. Yep. So I'm like, what if, you know, starting your podcast, at least like for me as like entrepreneur, I'm probably more what if. Like I'm thinking about, yeah, what yeah. if I did start a podcast? Like what would, how would it work? Would it go and kind of like simulate my own mind helps me then, you know, use it. And then mm. I'm more also of a what, what learner. Like I like the principles and, and the, the history, the, the facts yeah. and stories. And then once I know like a model of something, like even like a process diagram and stuff, I can like use it versus like if I get directions, like just the steps, I'm like, I don't need that, you know? 
just know, let me know the principles. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's different. Which one do you think you're most of? Uh, I had to say I'm a steps guy. Like nice. I love articles like six steps to this, seven steps to that. I love that. I'll click that all day. I love that. Um, mainly because it's, but you mentioned the principles and the frameworks. For me, I feel like I learn better if I learn, if I know the steps, then I can kind of reverse engineer what the, what are the principles are using here. And I don't know if that makes any sense. That makes all, perfect but. sense and perfect sense for you. And I'm literally the opposite. Give me the principles and the framework, and then I can just figure out the steps. So that's right. why I think it's really good to communicate in all of those different styles, because if you're not communicating one of them, then you're missing out, you know, and like all this doesn't right. make any sense. Cause some people are all why they're just giving so much motivation, which is great for maybe like 25% of the people that like that. Why, right. which I'm like, yeah, why is good, but I still want to know the principles and then your steps. So it's like all of them are good. And then yeah, a certain person's going to have that primary learning and communication style. So if you communicate to all four of them, then you're more likely to hit your audience, have better conversion rates and things like that. That's that's huge. I mean, that framework right there is like the takeaway, I feel like, right here for this episode. I mean, we could go into more strategy, but I want to kind of pause right there and like say this to the listener. Like, you can lo- use this on a podcast. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be visual, but obviously visual is help, more helpful if you're recording your show. But um, but the why, what's, how, and what if uh, framework, that can definitely be used on a podcast. And I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it happen or, or used before. People who are excellent storytellers in the plat in the in the space. One person I'd say, Mike, that I like to follow is a guy named Donald Miller by the uh, Story Brand Podcast. Have you heard of that I've one? I've heard of him. Does he do Facebook ads or no? I I would imagine okay. so. Okay. I would imagine so. Um, he is brilliant when it comes to storytelling okay, yeah, and how he how he weaves his product. He he weaves his product in and services into the story, like the specific episode story. Even oh. the the commercials, he makes like custom commercials for every like every episode. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, he does such a good job, but I'd say model that. And then like Mike, the strategy is laid out. I mean, that's super, super helpful. So that's definitely, like you said, that's one thing that really works for you and, and helps you reach definitely more people than just like the one person who's a why learner yep. or a what. Learner. Um, is there anything else that um, is for someone starting off like the early stage steps, like what are some of the things they need to be doing to, to get you know, more traction. Yeah. So that was a really great takeaway that, yeah, you can use that framework and it's like kind of like repeating, like overlapping patterns because yeah, you can use that framework with, you know, your podcast, also with your video ads, with your organic ads, et cetera. So yeah, developing that skill is really huge. And then, so we'll speak to organic a little bit, which is, which is really good. Like I said, it's like about 50, 50 of where my sales come mm-hmm. from. So I like to use both. And I was trying to figure out like in in the beginning, like which one should a person use first? And I've sometimes from some businesses done organic and then sometimes did ads first and vice versa. But that question, we can come back to it, but it doesn't matter as much. But speaking to organic, what YouTube, the number one factor right now that they are rewarding videos and so showing videos higher in the search engines and also in the related where you can get traffic and sales from is watch time. So YouTube wants to compete with YouTube and they want, and just like all these probably social media platforms are competing against attention. So they want once the video and then kind of the opposite, what most marketers want to do is take people off YouTube. Hey, if you like this video, click the link below, join my newsletter, get my option, get my free gift, et cetera, which by default gets them off YouTube. So it's a penalty right there in YouTube's eyes and then lowers your watch time. So an advanced method that you have to use now 
And the basics are like, yeah, your thumbnail, obviously having a compelling thumbnail and your title, again, speaking to the outcome, you know, three steps to lose weight, et cetera. Your description, have the keywords in the title description, your tags, that's all like basic. And then views, likes, and comments, the more of that. But then watch time is the more newest one and the most advanced one, what you really mm-hmm. have to optimize for, which is kind of the opposite of br- taking them off YouTube. You actually want to keep them on YouTube, which is really hard for marketers to do. Yeah, But basically what you have to do is you have to create a web of videos. So in in podcast terms, so if like the same thing with watch time, you would say, okay, you would refer back to something like in episode three, I talked about this and you give like a little overview. If you want more details, go check that out. So in YouTube terms, you know, in this video, I talked about this or, you know, here's the broad overview, like in this video, how to like lose weight. But specifically, I also have this video on a diet that you're going to watch and specifically on you know, success stories you want to get inspiration from, specifically on nutrition, go here, again, here's the overview. And then like, so you kind of have to link it that way. And yeah, and that's a really good, that's probably one of the biggest keys right now to getting a lot of views and sales off YouTube and building your channel is watch time. And then like I mentioned, the watch time and the ads can really play a good role because you can use ads to get more watch time. And then once you have organic traffic too, coming from like search and related videos, then you can show ads specifically to people who watched all your videos on your channel or even certain videos of your channel. That way, that's when you can take them off YouTube and your ads. Okay. So, and and with the, so I'm curious, how does YouTube reward you when you play by their rules? So you're getting good watch time, you're keeping people on the platform. Are they rewarding you by showing you better, giving you higher search rankings? Yeah. To related, related. Yep. So there's two main ways people are going to find you in YouTube. I mean, well, maybe three if like mentions, but yeah, through the search results. So if I type in how to lose weight, there's going to be all these videos that all obviously have the same keyword, how to lose weight. So they want ones that Mm -hmm. click on, then I'll watch a lot of it and then I'll watch even more videos and same with the related. So a higher watch time. So that's how you're rewarded there. Gotcha. So that's, that's the benefit there for playing by the rules, making sure you're staying, keeping people on the platform. Yes, and then eventually you can take them off. Like, by the way, join my newsletter or like a kind of a softer call to action. Like, you know, but I mean, some of these, you know, marketers will be like the whole, like last, like three minutes of the video is like, get the report, click the links, come on, what are you doing? Like, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Which which you can do, but maybe a little softer version every once in a while versus all the time, or else you just won't see that channel growth that you want. Got it. And for someone trying to optimize for that, I think that's obviously the main goal there is to get that subscriber number up, you know, every single, every single day. So when it comes to best practices on YouTube, you kind of, we mentioned a little bit about the, the basics, but I want to definitely touch over that again, because I think like you can never, you can never be like too good at the basics. Like, you nail that, like you're going like farther than most people there are on the platform. And a step before that would be then like your keyword research or your topic research of what you want to kind of talk about. Yeah, let's, let's dive into that a second. Like what are some of the tools you're using to 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 do the keyword research? Because like in podcasting, same thing. Like if you have great show notes, dude, like over time, you're going to see better growth, better results and better growth of your show. But uh, most people don't want to put in the work. Exactly. Because yeah, then um, yeah, it's all contextual related. Because if you watch this topic on this certain, you know, thing, then if this video is related, they're going to show that too. That's definitely part of their algorithm is, is yeah, um, relatedness. So on keyword tools, the biggest one and the best one that I use is Google's own, own tool. So it's called a Google ads keyword planner. So if you mm-hmm. just, you can make a free Google ads account and you can actually use their tool 
keyword planner and you literally can just put in like one keyword, like how to lose weight. And it will give you tons of keywords and not only tons of keywords, but also groups them. So it could be like how to lose um, weight quickly. And then within there, it's like the best ways to lose weight quickly, how to lose weight fast, top 10 ways, you know, how to lose weight quickly for beginners. And the next one would be like what to eat to lose weight. And then it would be like, oh, so it's really good like organization because that's a pretty big key when organizing this um, is kind of like you have like your main kind of keyword or topic and then you have like all these other different variations and then a different group, your main keyword and then a bunch of different variations. So yeah, keyword AdWords planner is, is probably the best tool out there. And then also you can type in the keyword in YouTube and you can get also auto suggested ones that kind of rates it on like if people are searching that, that's what's going to come up. Now, that's a good way because it tells you specifically on YouTube, you know, but then you actually have to know that first kind of stem of the keyword. Yeah. So you can use both. I use like Keyword Planner and then I also type it in as well to get more more ideas and more of like what they're specifically looking for on YouTube. Gotcha. And I'm sure that I'm sure there's some videos and like if someone's like unclear on how to use that planner tool, because I've heard it as well. It's very powerful. Yep. There's, there's probably tons of video videos online on how to use it too. Am I so uh, yeah, that it's is. called Profit It Pro, my YouTube channel. And yeah, I got a video that goes deeper into keyword research, how to do it, how to like start with like your core, what I call like STEM keywords, and then how to like, yeah, find all the best ones and organize it and use it. And also another tip there too is like, you want to find keywords that obviously, I mean, there's a few different factors you want to look for. One is like search volume. So enough people are actually searching for it versus like how to lose weight right. on Tuesday, you know, blah, 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 when it's raining, <laughs> like it could be too specific. Yeah but not enough people are searching for it. Also, keywords that are more likely to convert into a sale. So maybe a keyword about like, like maybe abs workout, maybe they're just looking for abs workout. And obviously if they put like free abs workout, then they're just looking for that abs workout for free and don't want to buy anything, right. you know, versus like yeah. the best way to get abs. Maybe I can buy something because I'm more open to it versus just trying to get something free or something like that. And then the third, the third piece is like competition, obviously like how to lose weight, how to heal your back pain, et cetera, like those big ones. And like for my business, like SEO, like those ones are going to be very hard to compete against because you have videos that already have thousands, if not millions of views, tons of comments, tons of likes building up and, and have built up so much watch time already. So those would be very hard to you know, actually compete for and outrank either in search or related. So you kind of want to use like a less almost less searched, but also more like also that people aren't specifically have used. The best example that I was thinking of before this that I can give was there's a YouTube ad by a guy named Kong who had a a, a YouTube channel called Simple, Simple Pickup. And now he's like running ads. Do you know, you know him? Simple Pickup? No, no. Just the name is like, it's perfect. Okay, yeah. So I actually, I saw the ad come up and I just hit record on my uh, uh, screen sharing and went live on YouTube and recorded the video of his ad, recorded it. And then I made like a, a one or two comments about it. And then I mean, the audio was even messed up because it was playing from the YouTube and also my and connecting from my microphone as well. But I did that one and I was just like, oh, this is an ad. I kind of just want to talk about it and I just want to have it saved in case I ever want to refer to it. I see this like ad a lot and I know this person and that video got like 15,000 views so far. And like, I didn't even think it would be actually a good keyword, but looking back now, I kind of like can see hindsight that strategy because not many people have, you know, Kong YouTube ad, like jump cut is like his product. So it's like Kong jump, jump cut YouTube ad. 
And I've tried ranking for like months now for YouTube advertising, can't even get close to anything related to YouTube ads or YouTube advertising. Because again, it's like I'm competing even against like big brands that, you know, or big companies that talk about YouTube advertising or YouTube itself right. or like other creators, even like talking about YouTube ads, like the other way of trying to like monetize their own videos. So I just had no luck there. But then when I kind of like sidestepped, went sideways and got that kind of that keyword that not a lot of people would have videos on, like the competition was so less that I just ranked automatically without doing much. Exactly. Yeah. That's the interesting part. Like I've, I've heard pros, you know, on SEO, cause I am no pro on SEO, but uh, when it comes to keywords, you're looking for something that gets like a lot of traffic, but has a low cost per click. Essentially, is that the same deal? At least on Google, I mean, like, is that the same deal on on YouTube, or is it a different strategy, or is that kind of general? Across I mean, you're all looking boards? for these factors of still enough search volume, but then not as competitive. So, not as competitive most likely will be less search volume and maybe different cost per clicks, just because everyone kind of wants to target like the big terms that have so much search volume and they kind of ignore the littler terms. That way you can rank for it easier, especially because like how to lose weight. But if you do how to lose weight quickly and then how to lose weight like fast, all these different kind of like variations, then you have a better chance of ranking for them. Right. Now, one strategy I've used in the past when it come, when it came to like planning content for my one of my old podcasts, um, Ask the Ab Guy, was uh, I went to Reddit and I just looked at I looked at an online fact for like weight loss for men, and I just took all the titles from those questions and made them my podcast. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> Are there any strategies you have around gathering content? Let's just say you're trying to go after a certain topic. Maybe it's lower back pain. We'll stick with that example. Okay. You're trying to sell a lower back product, maybe an info product, maybe a, a tool of some sort, and you're looking to do organic search. You're looking to get like organic content. What are there any places you go to or think tools or things you use to? besides your, obviously your own clients, to kind of gather that content and those, those titles as well. I would say another good way is to like look at who like are kind of like the big players or who's getting a lot of views already. And I know like this yeah. guy named like these guys like Bob and Tom, like they have this really like a big like back pain or chiropractic channel. So I could actually then okay. like make a video and some people kind of do this like clickbaity, like, you know, Bob and Tom exposed or are they legit, you know, type of thing. And you can do a video on mm-hmm. that, then you can show up for all the people that have watched like Bob and Tom, then you can show up for that type of video because related to their channel or if they're searching specifically. And again, not as many people will think to create a video on Bob and Tom and, you know, put their specific names or whatever and their keywords versus everyone's going to think, you know, how to heal back pain, how to heal low back pain, you know, how to heal upper back. Those are so simple. True. True. It's it's funny because like you don't necessarily you don't have to bash them. I agree. You can you can just say, hey, like they are legit or they are like really good and I like their content. <laughs> and then here's also my content. I've I learned agree. from them. Um so it's like it's yeah, because I think a lot of people's minds will go like, Oh, I don't want to bash, I don't want to get on, you know, I don't want anyone to be mad at me or something like that. But it's like, no, it's it being smart with keywords and then also you can also just actually give them credit where credit I agree. is due. Yep. Yeah, show their pros and maybe their cons. Maybe they're just slightly missing out on this angle for whatever reason, but they're really great here. It's just, right. and then here's why. And even if like you don't get any like leads or sales or subscribers from it, which most likely you will regardless if you can get enough volume, but still you can still get yeah. that watch time up and that will help your overall channel because YouTube's not specifically looking at just a single video. It's looking at your uh-huh. channel as a whole. And specifically, YouTube even looks at when they watch your video, then do they watch other videos 
your own and other people's even. They look at things like that because again, they just want to keep you on YouTube. Yeah, really? Oh. oh, okay. So even if you have that, that can be not like a junk one, but like you have those specific types of like, do you have that strategy like or anything like, have you seen anything like that when it comes to strategy? Like you have certain videos that are specifically designed just for watch time. I personally have not used that strategy, but I know uh, my friend Alex Becker, who teaches marketing, he talks about like Star Wars a lot. And he's like, Star Wars ruined it. And at first I was like, how does this have anything to do with business? You know, like you're not attracting your ideal customer at all, I would think, you know, but he just likes Star Wars and jumping on that trend when a new movie comes out or whatever, they're talking about it. And you'll get like, you know, 300,000 views from it. And again, at first I was like, how does this make any sense? But then once I learned more about watch time, I'm like, oh, that's why, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. I, I know one thing I like to do when it comes to like news or, or even like certain organizations that I want to like align myself where they just, you know, benefit from the SEO boost is, you know, making certain like, like for instance, if you have a hurricane, one of my clients came out with like an episode mm-hmm. about her, about the hurricane that reached like Mike or something um, that came through. And it's like, it's all mm-hmm. over the news right now. So why not put a podcast true. out about it? It's so true. You know? Recency is like, huge. why not? Yeah, that's huge. And then one other like a uh, topic I want to go over too is like quality versus like quantity. Because a lot of these things like quantity is so huge because you don't know if that topic is going to go like that jump cut Kong uh, YouTube ad. Like I didn't know, but I just, I actually made like 10 different recordings of people's different ads. And that's the one that picked up. So I wouldn't necessarily know. Or for my other SEO business, I rank like number one or number two for like SEO expert. Um, Kind of like a a more narrow one versus SEO is the more broad, bigger one, SEO expert. Um, So I necessarily didn't know I would rank for that. And I've tried other like smaller terms too. And that's just the one I ranked for. So it is kind of a quantity game, but also as we talked about earlier, like quality, you know, communicating well, like at least in a framework so people can actually take, take it in. It's still engaging and not just like rambling all over the place, so to speak. So it's obviously always a little both, but at first, like I was really all for like quality. So I would spend like a month, month and a half on like a single video it's like, all right, well, I can do like 12 videos, you know, a, a year, which wouldn't be that good. So then I'm using this strategy where all that time, it took so much time to prepare the script and then edit it, et cetera. So now I'll actually just go live recording right to YouTube. And then um, once I'm done, it's already up there. I don't have to, do- from my camera, download to my computer, edit it, all the takes, merge it all together, add pictures, et cetera, whatever, then render it, then upload it to YouTube. Like that, and then if you, any mistakes, you have to redo like all that process, which would take forever. So I actually, yeah. you can just literally, there's a feature now that can go live. You can go right from your phone, which is good enough quality, or you can set it up to do it right from uh, YouTube events within itself, or you can use something like OBS, open broadcast software, and you can record your screen and you can, if you have a webcam, you can use that too. And you can go live right there and you can cut out the editing time. And it's just, it's just so much better, I think. Oh yeah. I, I actually really like that strategy you've put up. You just said, uh, when it comes to like live podcasting, I've talked about this before and, and really using YouTube and podcasting as a, as a one and two yeah. punch, because if you're recording and doing interviews like this, why not so just flip it on, flip on the camera? I don't, right, right now we don't have a camera because we're right. using Zencaster. But well, you, know, you don't even need a camera with this content. Because again, like you got to think of the outcome that they're even like would go to a video like this or, or a YouTube video. Like they still want the knowledge and they can still get that outcome, yeah. you know, and, and the stuff that comes from it. And they don't even need visuals, you know. I mean, I've seen, we talked about it right before, like Joe Rogan, 
Like I never knew he had a podcast before. I didn't even know he was podcasting, so to speak. I just saw him on YouTube, you know, talking to people. And then yeah. it's uh, obviously a big podcast too, but I don't, I, I personally don't go on podcasts that much. I'm a YouTube guy. And yeah, I right. see like Joe Rogan all over podcasts, interviewing people. And again, like just that, whatever that, that fight with like Khabib, he just had on like people about that. So he was, you know, using the recency factor as well. And he just, yeah, goes live and, and does that and creates the content. Yeah. His stuff gets tons of views, you know? Oh, exactly. A couple points I want to bring up some great things you just reminded me of. Number one, YouTube from, from what I know, my knowledge is a bigger, has a bigger listener base than podcasting. Just YouTube alone is bigger than all the podcast directories, all the podcasts, all that stuff. So you should definitely use YouTube as another place to, to distribute your content. Number two, instead of having the word podcast in your title, having, having the word show, like I think Joe Rogan, is it just Joe yeah, Rogan or is Joe it like Rogan the Joe show, Rogan show? I don't even think if it's a show or not. I just kind of click his stuff and get engaged, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's why this show is called the podcast domination show, because eventually I'm going to have video and I'm going to be having it on YouTube as well. Or kind of like what you were saying before, Mike, with the whole, you can go live on YouTube, just click that button. Like, that's amazing. Like you can just, you can literally just plug in your phone. I've got some equipment here that you can just, you can have like your cell phone out, uh -huh. this little splitter. And I'll link the, the stuff. I mean, anyone wants to pick this up, but it's a splitter. It's a lapel mic. Each of them have like 75 feet of like, mm, of, that's awesome. Uh, um, wire so we could literally have a phone a splitter and two lapel mics and make a youtube show and the podcast with, with pretty That's darn good quality technology these days yeah exactly I, I, i'll send you the links to this stuff i'm sure you're way more technically savvy than me but <laughs> like it's like the, so the imagine the, the ability to scale content and distribute it across many many platforms is amazing right now but uh what was the last thing you were saying mike you wanted to really cover i really want to dive deep into. I think we we're caught, you're saying quality yeah, versus quantity. That perspective. And then another like, yeah, so the, obviously the answer is both. I mean, in the beginning, it's going to take you longer to put out content in most cases, and then you'll get better at it and better quality, et cetera, and kind of merge the two to do like a lot and higher quality. But yeah, overall, I would say quantity to some degree is, is going to win the game. And then another key piece that I struggle with myself too, with like, if you want to take the organic route is that consistency. And again, I think the newest strategy that I'm going to start using more often, I, I've done it for a few months, just doing the live. So I cut out the editing and knowing me, like, I'll just want like the perfection. If I can, you know, if I know that I can just stop it and just redo it <laughs> versus live, you know, I'll just keep going. Yeah. Even if I stumble upon my words, I'll just keep going. So that live route, but then consistency. And I'm not sure if you have any like tips or anything else, like how would you really get someone to do consistency? Because literally like, Anyone watching this right now, myself, you, anyone can literally, like we said, just go live literally like right after this or right now and go live on YouTube and probably can even record a podcast, but like what's preventing them from doing that. And then the consistency, I think I, I really, it might like, so what I, I have clients who ask me this too, and I have had two, wait, two times, two types of like thoughts on this, either a, you batch process it for like a month where you just have like one day of the month. And I know Jason capital he actually does this with his his instagram posts i don't know if you have you yes. heard about this uh, i mean like batch processing yeah they some people do that too with youtube yeah. yep yeah so so jason capital will do that with his instagram posts so literally he will do a photo shoot and then he will have like he'll have enough for three months worth of content for his instagram so he literally like shoot does, does a photo shoot writes the captions and schedules it all for like three months and he's done with instagram and he has someone else posting it for him i'm like that's pretty baller. I like that. Yeah. 
That's my objection to that is like, I've tried that in the past. And then when the time comes, it's like, I won't like that post or picture anymore. Cause like, I don't feel it in the moment or like that. Yeah. Which again, I mean, yeah, I'm more behind the scenes in most cases. So I'm not like saying that that's, that's a pro or con. Ideally what I would like. Yeah. If like the daily approach, like, cause I know Vince, like he does Instagram, you know, he's on there all the time, you know, you can always like count on him if you ever want to go to it, look at his stuff, you know? And then same with some of these like lives doing these YouTube videos, you know, every day and you're doing a different keyword. Eventually you're going to get something that strikes where they can get into your funnel of watching other videos and, and into, you know, your leader sale. So, and then like recent events, you know, if I did it a month beforehand, so if a recent event happened in two weeks and I'd have to like jump on, you know, and do it. So I guess, yeah, there's actually two approaches then like, yeah, batch more upfront or kind of more of a, a daily habit type of thing. Yeah. And I've, I've, it's so funny because I've gone back and forth with this so many times. Like, should I just do podcasting once a day? Like yeah. I have the equipment, I can yeah. just do it right now, get it out the day. Or cause my thing, I'm a strategy guy. I'm like, Oh wait, there's no strategy behind that. Like, you know, I have no idea right. what I'm going to be recording tomorrow until I like pick up a book or I talk to a client or I see something I want to talk about. So it's like, you have the, it's, it's novelty because it's, it's right. you don't know what's right. going to come up, but then it gets strategy. and then you have the, what you were saying before with a batch processing where it's like a month a month from the time of recording it or shooting that photo, you're probably not going to like that content. You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't feel like posting this today. Like this is not as I originally right, right. thought it was. And I've to Mike so many times. So yeah, I would so, say anyone listening, it, use whatever works best for you and then like use a combination of both, you know, have some stuff stored up as needed, but then also kind of like if you can do a daily or can do a weekly, I mean, it's a great skill to have regardless of putting up, you know, these communication pieces, whether it's podcast or YouTube, whether you're doing YouTube organic or YouTube ads, you know, it's definitely a great skill and definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, they definitely can grow your business profitably, both of them. hundred uh, percent. I, I want to definitely dive into anything we've left off here, Mike, in terms of strategies or tactics that you think would be helpful for someone who's looking to grow their show, grow their YouTube channel, maybe start one um, or anywhere anywhere in between. Yeah, I would say definitely have like a, like a practice mindset and just go in there knowing you're going to kind of mess up and fumble around, uh, maybe even doing like a, like a, a, just a totally just different channel. I mean, I have over like a hundred different YouTube channels. So sometimes, well, I'll just have <laughs> practice ones where I don't care. Well, I'll go live and just mess around. Like, how do I go live? When does it take the thumbnail for it? How does it look afterwards, et cetera? So kind of go into practice. And even with YouTube yeah. ads, just like go in there and say, I'm going to spend $5. And like, just, just see what it's like. And then you kind of learn, you know, what it's like. Oh, I got this result or not this result. And then can kind of tweak it from there. So I definitely say would have like some sort of practice mindset and just like kind of get in there get your hands dirty and just start kind of learning the tools. Definitely agree with that. Um, this, this podcast essentially for me is a testing ground where, um, I will bring on people strategies. I'll test different hooks different things like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I see what you mean. I probably need to need to have more than <laughs> more than one channel podcast channel. Yeah. You can but, always um, be practicing something that's, like, and even like in the back in the day with SEO, yeah. you would have like a different website where you were just trying like some crazy stuff and it got like blacklisted from Google. You wouldn't care. It's just a practice one, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. Good, good point. You, you opened up a loop in my head there with the SEO. So I want to definitely close that. Is there, what do you think with SEO right now for someone who maybe has a small following? Is that their best investment in time or is it, would they be better off? Let's just say they have a small YouTube channel, maybe 10,000 subscribers or something. And, you know, is, 
where does that fit along like the list of priorities from like most important to least important right now in terms of growing their channel? I would say if you had a YouTube channel of 10,000 just to keep doing YouTube and keep growing that. Um, and then when just starting out, basically since Google has been around longer, it's a lot more competitive. So, and there's a whole different strategy of like needing authority links. So you need like a lot of other authority sites to link to you to get it ranked. And obviously relevancy is always the mm. base, whether you're on Google or YouTube, you still, of course, want to talk about those keywords, et cetera. But again, everyone's talking about those keywords. So how does Google know which one to rank? And again, that's from authority links. And that takes a lot of outreach or using like a different strategy. Uh, it's called like PBN's private blog network, building up your own authority sites that have built up links over time. And that's an expensive process and uh, pretty complicated and a lot to learn. With YouTube, like you can really get it going like a lot faster. Personally, I'd rather like make a video than write like a really good article. So yeah. I would say like, yeah, for more beginners and if you even had 10,000 subscribers, definitely like stick to YouTube since Google's overcrowded. And same with like Google ads, they're good, but they're so expensive. Like for my business, for SEO, it's literally $20 per yeah. click. Like, dude, I need like at least wow. like 50 clicks to even get one lead. And like, you know, and then people just clicking the links because they're just shopping or just even your competitors clicking the links. Like, dude, I get five people, hundred bucks. That's yeah. just dumb. Versus like YouTube ads, like for, it, it can literally be like five cents a view for their, for Google ads, for YouTube's, for YouTube, um, five cents a view in the fitness industry. And then like in the more like higher end business, it can be like 30 cents to a dollar per view, but it's still a lot cheaper than, you know, google.com search ad. And with the video, you can have that more direct impact at least my perspective of audio, your voice, plus also the feeling, the emotions, plus like the visual, plus you can communicate like so much more. You can really like indoctrinate someone to your brand with an authentic ad and with all these like influence factors. So I think that's like where the biggest opportunity lies right now. Um, both organic and both YouTube ads. Organic, there's pros and cons. Organic, like, like I said, I've had a video up for years and it's still making sales, but it's like it can go really, really slow and it yeah. can take forever to build up. And it's an algorithm. So you don't know yeah. exactly. They don't want to tell you the exact algorithms. They don't want people to game it. And again, you need all this watch time. So then how do you get all this watch time in the first place and to build this all up over almost sometimes years um, and really get good at that? Or YouTube ads, you can show up directly, instantly. Literally, we could have an ad up within an hour, film it on the phone, set up the targeting to our funnel and have it going right away. But then you're paying for each view. So you really have to have that add count and that funnel convert. So there's pro before you start to add yep. traffic yeah. to it, right? Well, not before necessarily. I mean, yeah, before like, yeah, you want it all set up. You don't necessarily need to test it on a different source. You just need it to convert, like have all the influence factors. Like, why is this different? Mm -hmm. Who are you? You know, wh why should I get this thing? What's the outcome I'm going to get? Again, like what's some objections? I've already sat through 10 webinars. Why do I want to sit through your webinar? I've already bought 10 products and how to lose weight. Why is yours different? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you have a high converting one, but then each view does count. It adds up even if it's five cents. So then you have to have that really like ad that communicates why you're so different, why you're so better. And again, and on the side, you can be doing organic, but then you can also be doing ads as well. And, you know, they can help each other. They're organic. Once you get some of that, you can advertise to that crowd that came from organic and with ads, you can also then use it to grow your channel. Say, you know, in your ad, you can even say subscribe or go watch this video to build up watch time that way or just in-stream ad, build up the watch time that self so they can help each other in a way too. So if you, you know, use use both. I see. But yeah, it's huge. I would say it's, it's yeah. way bigger over Google. You can try to make some articles and try to like use the same content 
kind of the theme we talked about is like using the content in a different place and also put your video. But I kind of find that a little bit harder because then you like you have to either have to transcribe it to make the article, which is not as good, and then a really good transcriber. And you're doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, expensive too. And then yeah, you need authority links like for a, Google and then yeah. just YouTube. Yeah, organic. You need watch time. And then for ads, you can just show up like right away. So pros and cons of all of them, but there's definitely Sweet. massive opportunity with all of them. Yeah, especially within YouTube, organic or YouTube ads. Question for you, Mike. Uh, personally for you, are you testing anything in terms of taking your content and putting it on places like um, Facebook or taking it and putting it, uploading it to LinkedIn? Anything like that for you on the horizon or anything you've seen, anyone you've seen having success with that? Not as much as I would have thought. I would have always thought that I can make a YouTube video ad and, and, and advertise it on YouTube and it can have success. Then I can just go on to google.com and put that YouTube video on a page and then have the same or similar success with that. But then it didn't work out like that. And I realized, well, people on google.com, they want an article. They want to read stuff. They don't necessarily want to watch a video versus you're on youtube.com. You definitely yeah. want to watch a video, you know, and you don't want to go to an article. So there wasn't as much overlap as I thought. And maybe the same thing can be true with Facebook. Like I could have a really good in-stream ad and then try to advertise it on Facebook. But on Facebook, people don't really even watch the video. They're more reading like the, the stuff above it or whatever. So yeah. It's the same principles, but kind of in a, in a, in a bad way. Like you can't necessarily always use it the exact same thing. You kind of have to switch it, which is kind of sucks, which takes more time and energy to transform kind of how it's, you know, for that specific platform. But I'm sure there's some overlap that you could use it. Um, but I've never like took my videos and posted it on video that had success. Um, usually like if I'm just posting my videos on Twitter or Facebook, like it doesn't really do anything from my experience. Gotcha. Now, I was curious about that because I've always been like, you know, I, I eventually I'd like to start repurposing a lot of these podcasts on LinkedIn and and using that and then taking like the show notes and the transcripts and putting them in the captions. It's one of my uh, strategies I'm going to be using soon. But but yeah, I was curious about that because I if a good if you know you think if a video works on YouTube, it'll work on other platforms. But you made a good point there because the the person viewing it is not looking for that right. type of content at that time right. at that moment especially if you're like you're more specific like in your YouTube ad you were like all right I know you're about to watch another video and I know you may want to hit that skip ad button but don't do it this is really going to help you blah 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 go ahead click the link you know and then like when it's on YouTube that would make no sense anymore too so if you did want to use that strategy you would have to definitely yeah. you know not be so specific on those type of things and then again yeah it's a different kind of True. mindset so if you were I mean, like, like on Twitter, I couldn't just post my thing like, hey, new video, hey, new video, all like the Twitter posts. Like, I think if I wanted to scale like Twitter, I'd have to be like engaged with the community and I don't know, post pictures or cool sayings or whatever is like good on Twitter, you know? So yeah, some overlap, but also some like yeah. different stuff that's really going to work for that specific platform. Got it. My last question is in regards to influencer marketing or or just, you know, getting like doing collabs with, with, is that something in, as a YouTuber that you, you've seen, I've seen mm -hmm. heard people say they've seen success with it. Is that something for you that's a strategy, even in the business to business side of things, or, you know, I, in fitness, we see it a lot, but would that be something you, that would be in your repertoire of, of strategies? Like, you know, yeah, really I would say that's a huge show? one. Like when I think of like the three things I think of, yeah, like influence slash like affiliates, partnerships, et cetera, then organic and then paid ads. Uh -huh. But I haven't used the kind of the influencer route as much, but I definitely want to in the future kind of 
as of now, I'm not sure if it's limiting belief, but I kind of want to like build up my skills more and really show like proof of concept, all this before I go to a lot of the authorities and say, Hey, look what I've done. Look at the audience I have so far. But really that, that could just be like a limiting belief in anyone that has something like they know that's truly like super valuable could obviously go to an influencer and still like do some sort of partnership where, you know, they are in the same video collabing or however it may, may take form. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, uh, in the same vein here, I've got some limiting beliefs. I'm like, I don't right. know if I should reach out to that person, get them on my show because I think I'm good enough. Yeah. I've, I've yep. been there. I am there, <laughs> but uh, like, dude, this has been awesome, man. I really, really appreciate it. Where can people find out more about what you're doing in terms of SEO and, you know, they want to work with you or probably the, the youtube channel profit it pro and you can get all the contact details there and yeah all the videos there are yeah all related to business and kind of some of the systems and approaches that i've developed and, and sharing profit it pro so three words profit it pro yep P-I-P. got it that's why i thought i asked and that will be linked in the show notes as well i have that video we spoke about with the um the google yeah. keyword search planner or keyword keyword tool as well from you. So dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, I really, really Same. appreciate it. And everyone who's stuck with us yeah. this long, everyone I listening, you. use this stuff, <laughs> including myself and including Lewis. Let's all use it, grow our businesses, become yes. better, etc. 100% man. Well, thanks again, brother. Hey, Lewis again. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today and listening to the show. It's really a blessing to be able to share what I've learned and what I am learning currently with you guys here on the podcast domination show. Now, really quick, if there's if you got value from this episode, there's two simple things I'd love for you to do. Number one, make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast player you're using, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Hit subscribe so you don't have to go looking for every episode when it comes out. And then number two, if you'd like to learn about more about how I could potentially help you launch your show, grow your show, uh, or just make your production process a lot simpler and headache-free, then feel free to connect with me over at Instagram at Luis, L-U-I-S, Ryan, R-Y-A-Z, R-Y-A-N, Diaz. So feel free to connect with me over at Instagram at Luis Ryan Diaz. It's spelled L-U-I-S-R-Y-A-N-D-I-A-Z. Or if you'd like to hop on a phone call, you can fill out an application at, here, here we go, ready? Are you ready for this? Bits, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash pod dom. Pod dom is spelled with two D's, so it's P-O-D-D-O-M. So one more time for the record, because this is my outro and I can do that. B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash pod dom with two D's, P-O-D-D-O-M. So would love to chat. Looking forward to helping you grow your podcast, and we'll chat later. Bye.